Welcome to Quirky, Creepy, and Freaky, a podcast where I tell you about wonky animal facts. I'm your host, Olivia, and each episode I will share with you a different weird fact from the animal kingdom. And this week, it is, once again, very toasty here, as it is pretty hot just about everywhere, so to help with the sound, I am attempting to record in my closet with the door open, since my room is the only air-conditioned room in the apartment. Uh, So we'll see how the sound goes. You might hear the air conditioner in the background, so deal with it, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, going into this week... Uh, We're going to be maybe finishing off our series on summertime ectoparasites, and I say maybe because this week we are talking about leeches, and in doing my research about leeches, I have learned so many nifty things. Like, did you know that there are some leeches that actually have parental care? Sure, they may just brood their eggs and watch after their eggs, but that is a lot more... Uh, parental care of babies that I expect from a leech. So there are a lot of kind of fun and interesting things to know. So I'm thinking next episode is going to be leeches part two. And then after two episodes of leeches, I will likely be telling you more than you probably ever wanted to know about leeches. For this week, we'll dive on in. So, leeches are segmented worms in the annelid phylum. So, this is just like earthworms and polychaete marine worms. So, they are very closely related. Leeches characteristically have two suckers at both ends of their body, and these help them to attach to their host. The anterior end helps to make sure their mouth is firmly attached to their host and they're secure and they'll be able to continue feeding until they're ready to fall off. And then that uh, posterior end, the butt end uh, suction, is to help stabilize the host and help keep them secure. There are currently over 680 species of leech that we know there may be more. I did see some higher estimates out there, but of this 680, uh, most of these are freshwater leeches, so if you thought that leeches only lived in rivers, lakes, and streams, here is your first fun surprise for you. Of those 680 leeches, 480 of those are freshwater leeches, so they'll be living in your lakes, your ponds, your streams. 100 of those are marine leeches, so yes, there are some species of leech that live in the oceans. And then there are about 100 terrestrial leeches as well. So those freshwater leeches that we are most familiar with, as I said, it's going to be your lakes, your ponds, and your streams, mostly living around the shallow edges around some vegetation. Your terrestrial leeches, you're really going to be finding these most often in very wet rainforests, mostly living on the ground, kind of within that leaf litter, and in the low foliage, so low-lying shrubs, brush, those sorts of things. You can find some terrestrial leeches in a dry forest, um, and they'll just be found in the more wet areas of the forest, so I guess kind of around your ponds, there may be some amphibious leeches, so ones that are going to be freshwater and terrestrial, swapping in between. Or if there are some areas that have some low-lying areas where water may gather, 
you may find some terrestrial leeches there. While leeches are primarily known for their sanguivorous, blood-sucking lifestyle, there are some leeches that are carnivores. So for the parasitic leeches, um, the ones we're familiar with are going to be the ones that feed on human blood, but they will also, there are also leeches that feed on other mammals, as well as fish, frogs, turtles, birds, and some leeches even will attack other blood-sucking leeches. So they'll be like, haha, you got your blood from this other animal, I'm gonna steal it from you. Leeches find their ways in, or find their hosts in many of the same ways that other leeches do. They have sensory organs around their body, so they may sit in kind of an alert sort of position with the head end kind of standing up in the water, so they'll be standing as much as a worm can stand, in order to increase their surface area to smell their hosts, but they can also detect vibrations, so they'll be able to know when their host is in the area. Once the host is there, they'll kind of swim or crawl over, and then once they have a suitable area, they'll attach their suction cups, and then they'll feed for a while. So going back to our carnivorous leeches, it's really just one group of leeches that I am probably going to mispronounce. The name of these leeches, they're the Erpodeliformes. They eat other invertebrates um, like insect larvae, mollusks, so like clams, snails, things like that, as well as other annelids, so other segmented worms. So they'll just kind of swallow those whole. Swarms go right down. So with our blood-sucking parasites, since these are primarily what I'm going to be focusing on today, you may be expecting that I'm about to tell you that they can transmit some gross disease, and then I'm going to declare that I either am or am not going to talk about it, since that's kind of been the theme for the last several episodes. However, we are going to have a fun twist in that leeches are actually really not known to transmit human blood-borne diseases. So in terms of blood-sucking parasites, they are very low risk. However, if you do pull them off before they're done feeding, if you accidentally squeeze them, um, it can cause them to regurgitate some blood that they may have already fed on, um, or some of their gut microbes can be regurgitated as well. So if you pull them off before they're done feeding, it does increase the risk of infection. So it is best to let them feed and fall off on their own, because they will. And if you let them do their own little leech thing, feed as they're going to, fall off, they do have an extraordinarily low risk of infection and a next to zero risk of transmission of bloodborne diseases. Some people can have allergic reactions to leeches, much like uh, mosquitoes, the biting flies, ticks, they do inject anticoagulants in order to maintain a flow of blood at the bite site. So some people may react to those as well as some other proteins the leech may uh, have at the bite site, some of the mucuses. So uh, for people that have some risk of allergic reactions in anaphylaxis, they may want to monitor and seek medical attention from there. But in terms of our uh, blood-sucking parasites, leeches are very low risk of any complications. Leeches have been used medicinally for centuries, and really, they would not have been used, well, 
not really centuries, they've been used medicinally for millennia. And they would not have been used medicinally for this long if using them kept making people sick and they kept dying. They would have been like, well, this isn't working. We're not going to do this. Interestingly, even though they don't really transmit diseases, there have been several studies that have shown that they can carry some bloodborne diseases. Um, all the way back in 1957, a study by this guy, Shope, put some leeches on some pigs that were infected with cholera and did find that the leeches carried the cholera virus for up to 87 days. Or rather, the leeches carried the cholera bacteria. And another virus, the myxosoma, I think is how you would say that, persisted in the leech for 157 days, and there were a very few instances where those infected leeches transmitted the cholera, but um, it was really only in a few cases. So statistically speaking, it really was not a significant finding. Again, in 1994, another study looking more at human bloodborne diseases like HIV, hepatitis B, did find that the leeches were positive for HIV and hepatitis B after feeding on humans. They were able to detect these two viruses within the guts of the leeches for several months uh, when leeches are stored at low temperatures, so like at refrigeration temperatures. And they were also able to uh, find that protozoan parasites, so for instance, like the malaria parasite would be a protozoan parasite, they are capable of reproducing in the leech gut. And another 2011 more recent study did confirm some of these findings. However, in each one of these studies, they were never able to detect the uh, viruses or the parasites in the leech's body tissues or in the salivary gland. So the inability to find viruses in these two locations tells us that the leeches are not going to be transmitting these viruses. Now, if we are going to expand this into some of the non-human leeches, um, if we're looking at the leeches that bite turtles, especially some of the, uh, there are two species of marine leech that target sea turtles, there are a lot of studies going on right now that are showing that there may be some correlation between these leeches and leech bites and transmission of the turtle herpes virus. But this is also a very active area of research, so this is really all being figured out right now in recent years. So we do have this correlation, but not a whole lot has been confirmed yet. Now, despite uh, human leeches really not being a vector of transmission for a variety of bloodborne parasites, unlike the mosquitoes and the ticks that each have these long lists of diseases that you can catch from them, leeches don't have that. It can happen where people do get sick from a leech bite, especially if they are frequent users of medicinal leeches. Much like many other animals that eat things, leeches do have a gut microbiome community, and this helps them to digest the blood that they're eating. Within this gut microbe community are a couple of different Aeromonas bacteria, and there have been cases of Aeromonas infections after the medicinal use of leeches. This has been 
uh, documented within the medical community. And even though this does happen, while it is a um, known phenomenon, it is still a very a fairly low frequency of cases, really within the single digits to I think the number I saw was kind of that 20%. So that's not happening a lot, but it is happening. The great thing with this, though, is that these infections are very, very treatable with antibiotic. And in a couple of the cases that I read, within four days of antibiotic use, these people were cured. There are also quite a few other studies that have shown that if you take antibiotics preemptively, so as a prophylactic treatment, before leeches are applied medicinally, this can reduce or entirely prevent infection. So there is this risk there, but there are steps we can take to prevent it, which is pretty handy. The nice thing, with, there are some fairly serious bacterial infections out there, but it is nice that there are things we can do about it, like antibiotics and appropriate antibiotic application. So kind of going off of this, like I just said, there are some cases of infection with the gut microbiomes of leeches, but it is still super duper low risk especially when we are looking at transmission of viruses. So unlike mosquitoes, unlike ticks, we, don't, we aren't really seeing that viral transmission between humans. So if you ever had to choose between a blood-sucking parasite if someone was giving you a tick or a leech, with this knowledge, you may just decide to go with leeches. And with that, I will leave you for now with this episode on the leeches. And I do think next episode will be a part two on leeches, and I'll go more in depth into the medicinal use of leeches and the history of the medicinal use, because they do have quite the history. So stay tuned uh, in a couple of weeks for the next episode for that. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and be sure to come back in two weeks for the next episode on the medicinal use of leeches. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. They are the same thing now. And you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, or just about wherever else you listen to podcasts. There are a couple of ways to help support this podcast. You can share the podcast with somebody you know that could use some more animal facts in their life and somebody who is just dying to know more about leeches and why you should pick leech out of all of the other blood-sucking parasites. And for about the same price as a mushroom nightlight, you can also become a patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash quirkycreepyfreakypod. You can also find the podcast on Instagram, so give me a follow at quirkycreepyfreakypod. And if you have a favorite quirky, creepy, or freaky animal fact, Send it on in at quirkycreepyfreakypod at gmail.com. Audio editing and recording is done by me, Olivia Streit. Intro music created by Kaylee Streit. Thank you for listening. <laughs>